Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, the Eric Erickson Show across the state of Georgia, around the nation and the world on the internet. The phone number, if you want to be a part of the program, 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. We should begin with impeachment, but this happened uh, last night on Fox Business with Lou Dobbs. I want to take up with you a parochial issue, if sure. I may, and that is in Georgia, the state of Georgia, Brian Kemp. The governor who was elected without any equivocation about this, any reservation, he was elected because President Trump stood with him right. and he won. He is now telling the President of the United States to go to hell. He is apparently tomorrow going to uh, tap uh, Kelly Loeffler, a big donor and uh, Mitt Romney uh, uh, ally, uh, to, uh, to take the U.S. seat being vacated by Johnny Isaacson. I think it's unfortunate, but that's his prerogative, and he's going to do it. Uh, he's not going to be pushed around uh, by the president or anybody else. And I think to a certain extent, uh, it's, it's some kind of uh, parochial politics uh, in Georgia. Uh, you know, do you think that, I mean, do you really think that, or is this, in point of fact, a man who was never a Trump supporter, well, who, by the way, who, by the way, is going to tear asunder the Republican Party in Georgia with these acts? Attempt to. Uh, you know, the, at the end of the day, the president's going to be up in a year. And he will do very well in Georgia, and everybody else will get back in line. But right now, it's his prerogative to do this, and he's going to do it. So well, it may not be the wisest choice, but it's, uh, it's certainly the choice he's going to make. <laughs> That's Ed Rollins and Lou Dobbs talking about this. Uh, I, I suspect Lou Dobbs will be falling head over heels in love with uh, Kelly Loeffler after she's announced. I, I have seen uh, excerpts of her speech that she will make shortly after 10 o'clock this morning. Uh, she will come out as pro-life uh, against the abortion-on-demand culture, which she will call immoral. She will uh, support Lindsey Graham's uh, 20-week abortion ban legislation that's pending in the Senate and will soon be voted upon. She will call impeachment a circus uh, to which she is opposed. She will take on Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders by name and say essentially that uh, the media would have you think every prominent woman in America is a liberal or a socialist and uh, she's a christian a trump supporter and supports capitalism uh it's it, it's amazing to watch this effort uh by people who really don't know what's happening on the ground in georgia uh and and the people who just want to hump the president's leg listen here um I, i'm voting for the president in 2020 Given the choice of Donald Trump or any of the Democrats, Donald Trump is a far superior choice to the Democrats, no matter the amount of shaming the Democrats do to try to suggest that supporting the president is racist or whatnot. Uh, given the choice of a man who's kept the economy strong versus those who would destroy it, uh, given the choice between a man who supports the culture of life versus those who support a cult of death, I am totally on board supporting the president in 2020. But the idea that, 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 that there are people out there who just want to hump the president's leg, that they want to get his attention, that they, they uh, fling poo at anyone who doesn't uh, support the president in the most strident terms, I think is absurd. You know, believe it or not, there are a lot of people in the United States of America who lean to the right, who support Republicans, but they're not huge on the president. They're not big fans of the president. I'm kin to a number of people. They voted for him begrudgingly in 2016 because of Hillary Clinton. Uh, they don't particularly care for him. Uh, they would love some alternatives, and they have flirted with uh, trying to hold him accountable. By They may support him, but support Democrats in Congress just so there's some level of accountability they don't think Republicans are giving him. 
These are the sorts of people you can win back with a with a conservative who is not aligned with the president in personality, but are is aligned with the president in agenda. The idea that everybody's got to clown themselves and say stupid stuff like like Lou Dobbs said last night on TV about Brian Kemp trying to destroy Georgia and not standing with he's betraying the president. I, I'm sorry, but the president has no say in the Senate appointments of the various states. Now, I got to tell you, I know there are a lot of people listening who are mad at Brian Kemp as well because they they bought this idea that Doug Collins needs to be in the Senate. No, Doug Collins does not need to be in the United States Senate. He needs to be where he is right now, scoring points against impeachment. If Brian Kemp were to put Doug Collins into the Senate today, we would not have this. But it's coming back tomorrow, and what's more sad about tomorrow is we're coming back not with what you have always seen in impeachment. You can go back into the history of Clinton and Nixon and all. They were that comes to the Judiciary Committee with, with weight and gravitas. It does not anymore. In fact, it's a shell of itself, the Judiciary Committee is. And how are we going to start that? We're going to start it with a, well, let's talk about what an impeachable offense is. When most of this committee on our side, on the Democrat side, has already said we need to impeach him. Well, if they already know they need to impeach him, why are we wasting time? I'll tell you why. Because they have a problem. They're having a problem dealing with the facts that just came out of public hearings and private depositions. They're having a problem because this will be the first impeachment that has ever had with honestly dispute, not just disputed facts on why they want to impeach the president, but actually contradicted facts on was it a quid pro quo, was there actual pressure, was there anything actually done when the two participants on the call, the President of the United States and Mr. Zelensky, both said nothing was wrong, and Mr. Zelensky has said many times over, we felt no pressure. They did feel no pressure. Zelensky has said that they didn't do an investigation and they got the money. Uh, here's a little more Doug Collins. But we have a saying down south is when if something's going to be important, my mom would tell me, you're going to go on, I want you to go put your Sunday best on and we're going to go to town. Well, a few months ago, the Democrats put on their, quote, Sunday best and they said, we're going to have rules for impeachment and it's going to take care of everything and we're going to actually take care of the president. The president will have a chance to actually be a part of the process and look at witnesses and question and this is where we're at now. The Judiciary Committee was the only place to do that. Well, starting tomorrow, they fail miserably in trying to provide any modicum of fairness in this process. The president's not sending a counsel tomorrow, and he shouldn't send a counsel tomorrow, because there's nothing for them to ask. Why would they want to sit back through a constitutional law class, which most of them had to suffer through in law school? Tomorrow provides nothing except a dreary-eyed, drowsy appraisal for this country to watch as the impeachment process slowly drags on with no direction, no focus, because they're having one big problem. And the big problem is the president did nothing wrong, and they can't prove it. You put him in the Senate today, you, you get rid of that. Well, so there's a, there's a big issue uh, taking shape uh, with this in inquiry in the House. We've got the Schiff report from the Intelligence Committee, 300 pages now on impeachment and they got phone calls uh they got phone calls with lev parnas uh, rudy giuliani and devin nunes now this is interesting and and let me let me deal first with what it shows and then uh the outrage over obtaining the phone calls adam schiff in his press conference about this devin nunes had contact with lev parnas who is the rudy giuliani associate who's been indicted uh, by the, the federal government for uh, essentially taking money and giving it to campaigns. He's taking money from Ukrainians or Russians, rather. And he is Ukrainian, took money from Russians and spread it around trying to get a uh, 
marijuana uh, distribution facility open in Nevada. He missed the deadline. And then he also claimed he had all sorts of information from Ukraine. It, it reads like the corrupt prosecutor from Ukraine was playing people in this country for the fool, in particular Rudy Giuliani. Well, uh, Rudy Giuliani appears to have reached out to Devin Nunes and asked Nunes to talk to Lev Parnas, who had all the goods on Ukraine, supposedly. Again, uh, we now know it appears that a lot of what he had wasn't really true, uh, but he was selling it to a variety of Republicans. Well, uh, here's Adam Schiff on this information from Nunes. The report mentions sites call records involving ranking member Nunes. Um, did you speak to him or inquire about those with his office, and do you believe he should recuse himself later today on this vote? Also, do you or your staff plan to present this report to the Judiciary Committee in person? The rules adopted by the Judiciary Committee provide that our staff counsel will present the report to the committee, so that's what we expect will take place. Uh, in terms of the ranking member, um, it won't surprise you, I'm going to reserve comment. Uh, it is... I think deeply concerning that at a time when the President of the United States was using the power of his office to dig up dirt on a political rival, uh, that there may be evidence that there were members of Congress um, complicit in that activity. Uh, now, there's a lot more to learn about that, and I don't want to state that that is uh, an unequivocal fact. But the allegations are deeply concerning. Um, our focus is on the president's conduct first and foremost. Uh, it may be the role of others to evaluate the conduct of members of Congress. So there's a lot of Republican outrage over uh, Adam Schiff and the Democrats getting uh, these phone records. It appears the phone records might have come from Leparnas, who has been willing to cooperate with the impeachment inquiry. And he has, uh, his lawyer has reached out. His lawyer has confirmed on social media last night that these phone calls between Devin Nunes and Lev Parnas happened. There were a series of phone calls between Nunes and Parnas. Uh, one lasted over eight minutes. The others were very short, as if he was just calling, no one answered, getting voicemails or some such. Um, and Republicans were taken aback that the Democrats had these phone calls. They had no knowledge in advance the Democrats had gotten this phone information. They did not know the impeachment investigators had them, and they're, they're screaming bloody murder about it. One of the reasons is because uh, in addition to having phone calls with a member of Congress, they have phone call records between uh, Giuliani and John Solomon. John Solomon is the opinion writer slash reporter uh, slash quasi-journalist at the Hill. I, and full disclosure, I'm not a big fan of his. I think a lot of what we... Um, a lot of what we believe on the right is wrong. Uh, Ukraine was not involved in the way a lot of people claim. Uh, there were some people in Ukraine who were, uh, but a lot of what we got comes from John Solomon, and I think a lot of his reporting is wrong. But you're not allowed to say that because he goes on Fox News, and if you go on Fox News, it, it, it might as well be that Jesus said it. Um, I, I think facts actually matter here, and I think he has poisoned the well when it comes to a lot of facts. But we need to be honest and open here with what's going on. Uh, Republicans are outraged that the Democrats have records not just from a member of Congress but from a reporter, and the Democrats are giving a, a huge pass. Uh, to all of it, let, let's say the roles were reversed. Let's say, let, let's just say 
that we have phone records between Adam Schiff and Rachel Maddow at MSNBC, a partisan activist uh, who has a TV show on a news network. If Republicans were conducting a hearing and they had uh, phone records between Adam Schiff and Rachel Maddow and they exposed it to the world that they were in communication uh, during a critical period uh, to discuss uh, messaging on politics, the Democrats and the press would be beside themselves in outrage and would be screaming about freedom of the press. That it's a Republican and a right-of-center journalist who appears on Fox News. It is notable that members of the press are absolutely quiet about this. Uh, that, that other members of the press have no qualms about the Democrats getting these records between Devin Nunes and John Solomon. They, they absolutely don't. They're, they're totally fine with it. But here's the reality. If the Republicans were to do this, they were to get records of Adam Schiff talking to Rachel Maddow and expose it, there really would be nothing wrong with it. It would suggest they're doing a thorough job in an investigation. And the same with Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff having records. Uh, he didn't get the records from Devin Nunes. He didn't seize Devin Nunes's phone records. He got somehow or another, and, and we assume through a court process, through the grand jury process, in fact, probably through the Mueller process, uh, and remember that they sought grand jury information related to these individuals and a judge granted it to them. So through a legal grand jury process that, that involved a federal prosecutor, they got these phone records. Now, I, I don't think that's outrageous at all that they got these phone records. Here's what I find outrageous. They got these phone records. These phone records show a member of Congress coordinating with Rudy Giuliani at the height of the effort to smear our ambassador to Ukraine and claim that Ukraine was undermining Russia. They've got that. They've got phone records between a member of Congress and a journalist and that journalist and these other individuals who were all trying to build the story about Ukraine that we now know wasn't really true. We've got phone records between this guy who's who's been indicted and this congressman all at the height of the stuff. And that's all the Democrats have done with it. They, they got nothing. They, they can show that, that Rudy Giuliani and, and a journalist and possibly a member of Congress were trying to, to steer the president's agenda and shape the president's opinion. But that's not about the president, and that's not impeachable about the president. And, and that's the remarkable thing here is that the Democrats clearly had a level of competence that I did not know they possessed to be able to get all of this information. And it is staggering, staggering. It is outrageous now that they got the phone records. But then they got the phone records and they can't do anything with it. I mean, the Republicans are running circles around them on this. They've got all of this information and they can't shift public opinion at all. That's the outrageous part. I mean, that just shows you why this is a matter that should be left to the voters next November instead of trying to do an impeachment of the president. The Democrats have all that stuff and they can't even get their act together. Let the voters decide. Yeah, the phone number 877-97-ERIC-877-973-7425. You, you can't call now, actually. Um, you, you can't actually call. The phone lines are turned off. Uh, my producer... <laughs> He's at the dentist. He said his appointment six. We didn't have a radio show six months ago when he made his appointment. Uh, and he's also the call screener. Uh, so <laughs> he's at the dentist. All, all right. All right. All right. We got to get back to, to more of this impeachment stuff. Uh, the, the Democrats just aren't happy with where things are, are headed. Um, the, the, they got all sorts of problems. 
And they're trying to rush now impeachment because they're worried about swing voters and they're worried about swing districts. And they feel like if they stay on this too long, that swing voters are going to get upset. Uh, this is a CNN reporter talking about uh, the Democratic rumblings. Or you're now hearing rumblings within Democrats <clears throat> saying maybe we should just go with censure or, or not really knowing how to move forward on this, given where the president is and given where Republicans are. And given that Republicans, especially at least Stefanik, some of the more moderate ones, and Will Hurd after the two weeks of testimony that they heard from fact witnesses, did not move at all. They said that they do not believe that anything the president did was impeachable. And in fact, they seem to be protecting the president more than than they were prior to uh, these two weeks. Yeah. Um, they, they got issues. They got political issues. They got timing issues. They've got partisan issues. They've got internal squabbling over how to proceed. Do they do a censure? Do they try impeachment? They know it's not going to get through the Senate. So is it really worth their time to do? They really wanted it to be, um, to be, bipartisan. Here's Al Green talking on, on Neil Cavuto and, and hat tip to him, by the way, for being willing to go on uh, Neil Cavuto's show. There are no racial issues going on here. Now, I know you want to expand well, this. Do you worry that as things stand now, there's just not enough for you to force this president out of office? Well, uh, I, I would say this to you. Uh, we always put the racial issues aside. I just choose not to. Those who choose to can do this. But I think that there is enough here to impeach the president. We have to do what we must. We've got and record the low unemployment for African-Americans, though, right? Well, you, uh, the Constitution doesn't say anything about an exemption for record low unemployment all for right, anybody. Right. <laughs> yes. But they would like to have it be bipartisan, and they haven't been able to get it to be bipartisan. And that's kind of their problem in all of this is they haven't been able to mount a case for bipartisanship. And if they can't make it bipartisan, uh, how do they proceed? Uh, here's Liz Cheney uh, with the Republican response on all this. We have been pointing out and talking about now for several weeks uh, since the impeachment process began uh, the extent to which the process was fundamentally unfair. And so I would just ask people to remember that they have failed despite the fact that they had a process uh, that basically put everything tilted in their direction. The Democrats were able to act as, as judge and prosecutor. Uh, the Democrats were able to select every single witness. Uh, the Democrats were able to prevent and did prevent witnesses from answering Republican questions. The Democrats decided what the American people would see and when. The Democrats decided the timing on the release of uh, important pieces of transcripts. They still have not re released the transcript of the uh, IC Inspector General. And so the, de the Democrats essentially stacked the deck in their favor. And despite the fact that they did this, and even with every unfair advantage and unprecedented advantage they gave themselves, including preventing the president from having any access uh, to the proceedings, preventing his counsel from having any participation in the proceedings, they now have come out of this and fundamentally failed to prove their case. Yeah, look, they're headed to the Judiciary Committee today, and, and I'll uh, pot up the audio here in a little bit as as this hearing takes shape, and you can hear some of it. Also have some interesting words about uh, from De from uh, Jerry Nadler back during the Clinton impeachment. But when we come back, 
Kamala Harris has dropped out of the presidential race and suddenly Democratic voters and, and progressive activists are uh, slamming the racism of the Democratic Party and the racism of the process. The, the very racism of the process that got America its first black president, Barack Obama. It's such a terrible, terrible, awful racist process. Well, there's some news happening right now. It appears that uh, the president has left NATO early um, and he canceled a press conference. Uh, he Now, he had a two-hour press conference uh, yesterday, but if, if press reports are right, so there's a video circulating of um, Emmanuel Macron, Boris Johnson, and Justin Trudeau laughing about the president's press conference with uh, Macron. It was, let, let's just be honest, it was a very interesting, um, very interesting press conference that the president had. And, um, he, well, they were laughing about it. Justin Trudeau, you can see him in this video say you can see the president's staff's jaw drop uh, during this press conference. And now the British media is saying, and, and let's be clear here, this is the British media saying that uh, he, President Trump, embarrassed his staff. Uh, but uh, he had a press conference a short time ago with um, with Angela Merkel, and he was asked about Justin Trudeau. And let me see if I can, I'm, I'm doing this on the fly here as the audio has just come out. Let's see if I can get this. Did you have a video of uh, Prime Minister Trudeau talking about you last night? Well, he's too fast. Do you think that Germany's too naive? And honestly, with Trudeau, he's a nice guy. I, I find him to be a very nice guy. But, you know, the truth is that uh, I called him out on the fact that he's not paying 2%, and I guess he's not very happy about it. I mean, you were there, a couple of you were there, and uh, he's not paying 2%, and he should be paying 2%. It's Canada, they have money, and they should be paying 2%. So I called him out on that, and I'm sure he wasn't happy about it, but that's the way it is. Look, I'm representing the U.S., and he should be paying more than he's paying, and he understands that. So I can imagine, I can imagine he's not that happy, but that's the way it is. That was the president in a press conference with Angela Merkel. She sat very stoically, uh, not moving. And, uh, well, we'll see where this goes. Uh, news is, and the president, he's only hes only leaving a few hours earlier than had apparently been planned anyway. And we'll still have a meeting with the Danish prime minister. Um, people were speculating that that would be canceled. Now, 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 now. Um, we've got the Judiciary Committee. It's going to start at 10 a.m. with the impeachment stuff. Uh, I will pot up the audio when it is uh, Im impossible uh, to ignore it. Uh, we're going to do our best to ignore it at the beginning because it's just going to be opening statements and formalities. One of the people who's going to testify is a... Um, an impeachment scholar, a, a legal scholar, who's going to say that that what the president did is is the worst thing ever done by a president in American history. Let me see if I can uh, find the exact quote for you here. Uh, da, 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 yes. Um, so one of the impeachment witnesses, this is from Kyle Cheney at the Politico. 
uh, will say President Trump's actions toward Ukraine are by far the worst conduct uh, in presidential history and is the reason impeachment was included in the Constitution. Now, I want to put this in perspective for you. The, the president calling Ukraine's president after withholding some money from Ukraine, asking Ukraine to conduct an investigation into uh, the Bidens and the 2016 election, the crowd strike stuff, and uh, the president then releasing the money without Ukraine having done the investigation. This is, according to this impeachment, quote, uh, by far the worst misconduct in presidential history. Y'all, we have had a president uh, take the land of Cherokee Indians and uh, kill them in mass as they marched across this country under American military arms. We have had a president of the United States suspend habeas corpus, even though the Constitution says only Congress can do that. We have had an American president uh, in uh, put American citizens in internment camps. We have had a president of the United States uh, resegregate the American military and operate a service of brown shirts who harass newspapers and citizens who dare to criticize him. That would be Woodrow Wilson. But somehow the president making a phone. Oh, 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 oh. We, we've, we've had a president lie under oath in a court of law to obstruct an American citizen's right to justice. And we've had a president help cover up the break end of a, his uh, political opponent's campaign offices. But somehow this president making a phone call to a foreign leader asking for a favor that did not actually happen and giving them money uh, even after they didn't do the favor because the money was lawfully appropriated by Congress, that is somehow the worst act. This is why I can't take impeachment seriously. Listen, I don't think the president should have done it. I think it was stupid for him to do. He should not have done it. And there's no there there. The president should not have done what he did. But he did it. The president should not have done what he did, but he didn't get anything out of it. The president should not have done what he did, but it is, is it a high crime misdemeanor or bribery? It's certainly not bribery. And that's what the Democrats are now saying is that it's bribery. It's not bribery. It is not bribery for the president to ask for a favor and then hand them money that was lawfully appropriated by Congress. Bribery would be if the president took his own money and gave it to Ukraine's president and said, here's this money. Now go launch this investigation and turn up evidence to show Joe Biden guilty of something. He didn't do that. I'm yelling. I'm sorry. I shouldn't be yelling. Sounding like Hannity. Y'all, listen. I'm not a big fan of the president's, and he knows this. We talk on the phone. We, ha we haven't in a while. Um, but I'm supporting him in 2020. I didn't support him in 2016. I didn't, I didn't vote for any of them in, in 2016. I voted third party because I didn't like Hillary. She'd be terrible, and I really thought Trump would be terrible. And he's wound up to be a much better president than I ever expected. He, he's kept his promises. He has, uh, he, he's not just judges, but tax cuts and deregulation and his appointments within the executive branch. He, he's done a lot of stuff I don't like, but he's done a lot of stuff I like. George W. Bush did a lot of stuff I liked, and he did a lot of stuff I didn't like. And I, 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 I think 
when in the run up to 2020, he's now a known quantity. He was a hypothetical in 2016. And a lot of people were telling me, trust him. And they were behaving terribly. And why did I want to trust him when the president does to seem to have this unique ability to draw out the worst in people? But he's been a good president by and large. His policies have been sound. I think character counts, and I said so in 2016, and I did not vote for either party because character counted, and I both thought they had terrible character. But over 100 million Americans disagreed with me and said, you know what, better him than her. And I'm at that point, better him than them. Hey, I, I, I just, y'all, if the president had done something really bad, you would be able to get Republicans. And see, this is the underlying problem with the Democrats' presumptions, is they have convinced themselves that no matter what the president did, no Republican would stand up to him. They, they really have convinced themselves that if the president stood on the street on Fifth Avenue and killed someone, all the Republicans would defend him. And I don't believe that is so. I believe there are a lot of Republicans who behind the scenes dislike the president and aren't willing to say so publicly. You know, that's one of the kind of the annoying things about this this uh, outrage over Brian Kemp is that uh, there are a lot of people out there, I do believe, and on the Republican side who actually hate the president, but they're not willing to stand up and say so publicly. I'm just I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'll tell you exactly what I believe. You will never have to guess what I think because it is my job to tell you what I think. You don't have to agree with me. I mean, you it's why we have phone calls, although you can't call in right now because Charlie's getting his teeth clean. <laughs> but nonetheless, normally you can call in, you can go on Facebook, you can leave a comment. Feel free to disagree with me. I don't care. This is America. We're allowed to disagree. We, we can agree to disagree. But it frustrates me to see so many Republicans who behind the scenes badmouth the president and they won't say anything publicly. I think that's very two-faced of them. But it also frustrates me to see a lot of Democrats who publicly rah-rah impeachment and behind the scenes, they're thinking, why the hell are we doing this? We got an election in less than a year. And, and privately, some of the Democrats you're going to see today demanding the president be impeached are behind the scenes saying, wait a second, guys, we got an election in less than a year and he's thoroughly beatable unless we get distracted. It's it, it, the entire process is driven by the media these days. So many of these people want to seal clap in front of the media and tell people what they want to hear as opposed to actually um, as, as opposed to actually telling you what they think. <laughs> Philip tells me lots of people are agreeing on and are disagreeing on Facebook. It's okay. I don't read the comments. <laughs> Never read the comments. I don't care if you disagree. We're Americans. We're allowed to agree to disagree. What I what I hate, though, on both sides, it's not just Republicans, it's Democrats, and it's not just Democrats, it's Republicans. It's all of them. It's even libertarians, the few that there are, is that they'll tell you something in public that they don't believe in private. In private, a number of the Republicans you're going to see today on the Judiciary Committee loathe the president. In private, a number of these people badmouth the president in private. He's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's out of, his, out of his depth. But for all the people around him, the president would lead us off to war. He would bankrupt the country. He would do something stupid. Of course, the president did this. This is what the president does, blah, 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 blah. That's what they say behind the scenes. I talk to these people. No, I'm not going to out them. I'm not going to shame them publicly. They, they say it in private because they know the president will go after them and you'll turn on them. 
that's part of the problem that these people are, aren't willing to be public about what they think is because they know the reaction from people inside the present cults of personality will be to savage them and destroy them. I mean, look at the reaction to Kelly Loeffler. No one even knows what she is, but oh my God, she gave money to Mitt Romney. She must be terrible. Donald Trump gave money to Mitt Romney too. So they don't want to be public with it. But the same is true with the Democrats. I know some of the Democrats. And behind the scenes, they think this is now some of them are true believers and they really do think what the president did is bad and we should impeach him. But some of them are like, this is nuts. We got an election in a year. Let's do the fishing expedition, find all the dirt and use it in ads. And they don't actually want to go down this road. Now, some of these people are starting to speak up and they're starting to say, wait a second, impeachment needs to be bipartisan. They don't actually believe that uh, the Republicans will always refuse to impeach the president. They do actually believe that uh, some of the Republicans would be willing to speak up. I mean, for God's sakes, you got Will Hurd out there. Will Hurd, a Republican on the Intelligence Committee, was in the CIA. Will Hurd does not like the president of the United States. Uh, Will Hurd is leaving Congress. He is retiring. He's a congressman from South Texas. He's the only uh, black Republican in the House of Representatives with Mia Love gone. He does not like the president of the United States. And even Will Hurd is not buying the impeachment stuff. Even Will Hurd thinks that the Democrats are have not made their case with the information they've given. It is striking to see a guy like Will Hurd. I mean, let, let's let's go back from two weeks ago to Will Hurd in the impeachment process in the Intelligence Committee. This is long. We'll we'll, we'll skip around in here, but just listen to some of this. Thank you, Dr. Hill, Mr. Holmes, for your years of service um, to this country, and I appreciate y'all um, being here today. Throughout this process, I have said that I want to learn the facts so we can get to the truth. So why are we here? Because of two things that occurred during the president's July 25th phone call with Ukrainian President Zelensky. The use of the phrase, do us a favor, though, in reference to the 2016 presidential election, and the mention of the word Biden. I believe both statements were inappropriate, misguided foreign policy, and it's certainly not how the executive, current or in the future, should handle such a call. Over the course of these hearings, the American people have learned about a series of events that in my view have undermined our national security and undercut Ukraine, a key partner on the front lines against Russian aggression. We've heard of U.S. officials carrying uncoordinated, confusing, and conflicting messages that created doubt and uncertainty in Kyiv at a time when a new reformist administration has just taken office and was ready to fight corruption and work with us to advance other U.S. objectives. I disagree with this sort of bungling foreign policy. But through these hearings, many of my colleagues have unwittingly undermined the Ukrainian government by suggesting that it is subservient to the United States, and without the United States, they wouldn't be able to function. The Ukrainians, as you stated, Mr. Holmes, is in a hot war with Russia, and they are holding their own. We could benefit from the experience of the Ukrainians, not the other way around. While I thought the Intelligence Committee uh, would actually be engaged in oversight of the intelligence and national security communities, unfortunately, we are not. We're here talking about one of the most serious constitutional duties we have as members of Congress, the impeachment and removal of the President of the United States. Over the past weeks, we've learned a few things. The officials on the July 25th call have many different opinions on whether the call was concerning or not, 
And just because Vice President Biden is running for president does not mean that corruption related to Burisma, Ukraine's largest natural gas company, and Americans' ties to it are not concerning. There's also a lot we do not know. We have not heard from Rudy Giuliani. We haven't heard from Hunter Biden. I'd like to know more about both of their activities, why they talk to whom and to whom. Yep, seems like we're missing that. And otherwise, there's nothing impeachable here. According to Will Hurd, who doesn't like the president, who's leaving Congress, who should be one of the Democrats or one of the Republicans that the Democrats uh, should be able to persuade. And they haven't been able to persuade him. He's got nothing to lose. And they haven't been able to persuade a guy like that. Because what the president did, I, I think it was dumb of the president to do. He shouldn't have done it. Should have known better. It got him into an impeachment situation. He knew before this that there were people inside the White House who didn't like him, who were trying every which way to undermine him. He knew this this whistleblower was one of those people. And he did it anyway. Couldn't help it. Lack of self-control. I get it. But let the voters deal with this in November. There, there's no reason to impeach the president for this. Let the voters deal with it. And the fact that the Democrats feel the need to do this has more to do with their need to placate the progressive base to avoid a revolt than anything else. Can we get away from impeachment, please? Uh, I, I got a little more audio and we'll play it, but we got the Kelly Loeffler speech coming up. We've got the impeachment inquiry in the in the Judiciary Committee coming up. I've got some more audio from uh, little Eric Swalwell. <laughs> I shouldn't say I'm kind of opposed to the everybody's got a nasty nickname movement, Um, but the the guy does annoy me. Uh, The the fact that that guy thought he could be president of the United States. Oh, my goodness. Um, But we we got him. We got some Doug Collins. In fact, let me go on and and play the Doug Collins audio here from he was on with uh, um, this looks like uh, he was just on. Just on Fox, uh, on America's Newsroom. Uh, it's a new day, new witnesses, new little shiny hearing room. We're moving to ways and means. But guess what? Same old sad problem. They have no facts. They, have, have, they can do anything they want to do. They can have law professors ad nauseum bore us to death today. But at the end of the day, their problem is they don't have the facts to impeach this president. So they're trying to just sham it through as best they can to convince the American people they actually have something. But, uh, yep. Um, that's that's kind of where we're headed with this. Now. Uh, a, a, a word, if you will, away from all the politics of the day. We got stuff besides politics happening in America today. In fact, we have some of the, the most important stuff in America today is without uh, any politics at all, or, or so we can hope that it is without politics. It is important. Why would I betray you? We all have our secrets. We just didn't get to yours yet. The world is arming faster than we can respond. Where's 007? Oh yes, my friends. The James Bond trailer has dropped. Yes. I cannot wait. Uh, April 8th, 2020 uh, will be the next James Bond. No time to die. I do have to agree. Uh, my buddy Aaron Earls on, on Twitter, he tweeted out, every time a new Bond movie comes out, I'm like, wait, haven't they already used the name before? It, it It's true. Um, it, 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 all of the names sound alike. And, so, and I guess it's the, the no and the never. 
and all that. No Time to Die, Spectre, Skyfall, Quantum of Solace, Solace, Casino Royale, GoldenEye, Die Another Day, Goldfinger, Doctor No, Tomorrow Never Dies, License to Kill, The World's Not Enough, Live and Let Die, Diamonds Are Forever on Her Majesty's Secret Service for Your Eyes Only, uh, View to Kill, Moonraker, Never Say Never Again from Russia with Love, You Only Live Twice, um is that that's not a james bond one uh um that I, they all do kind of sound like though dr no no okay yeah you only live twice as one diamonds are forever live and let die for your eyes only no time to die die another day the world is not enough tomorrow never dies the living daylights they all kind of sound the same but come on let, let's just admit uh i and i like daniel craig as james bond so i'm actually i'm a big james bond fan uh i have been watching the very first uh, james bond movie i ever saw was uh for your eyes only no 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 i take that back i i think i saw no no i was too young to see moonraker uh, for your eyes only, I think I was six years old and the family wanted to go see in the, the theater. And then my aunt and uncle took us to see Octopussy and uh, A View to a Kill. Uh, I just I, I I just did. I don't like to say that word, but that's the name of the movie. Uh, <laughs> but I've seen them all. Uh, and my kid, my oldest has seen all of them. And we're absolutely going to go see this, this James Bond. Uh, and I like Daniel Craig. I do. He's a good James Bond. I was reminded again over the weekend how ingenious Quip's design is. I'm talking about the electric toothbrush. Uh, it vibrates every 30 seconds. It pulses. So, you know, to change it around in your mouth, you get a very even brushing. Listen, I've been using the Quip for uh, three years now, maybe. Or so. I'm on my second one, actually. I accidentally broke my first one. Uh, my fault, not their fault. Uh, in any event, they sent me a new one. And uh, over the weekend, I, I guess I left it running or... I don't know. The battery died. I'm assuming it just kept getting turned on in my bag as I was traveling. And but man, you just you slide the top of it off, and it's just a single AAA battery, and and the battery lasts for months. And you get a new brush head every three months, and with it, they send you a new AAA battery. And if you're a responsible person, unlike me, your battery lasts, and you don't have to worry about it. But it's it's such a great design. And every time I go to the dentist and the orthodontist, I think I'm bleaching my teeth, which I'm not doing. I'm just getting a really good even brushing of my teeth with my Quip electric toothbrush you can too and every three months you can get a new brush head for just five bucks you even get your first one for free if you go to getquip.com slash erickson right now you'll get your first brush head refill pack for free it's a great deal quip is great you can leave it as a stocking stuffer even for someone else and you get your first refill free at getquip.com slash erickson that's g-e-t-q-u-i-p.com slash erickson quip the Good Habits Company. Get into a good habit of brushing your teeth. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The Eric Erickson Show. The phone number 877-97-ERIC-877-973-7425. Although you can't call me right now. The phone lines are absolutely closed off. And the reason they're closed off is because uh, my call screener had a dental appointment. <laughs> We'll get them open. Uh, look, happening right now, Governor Kemp is speaking. Kelly Loeffler about to begin speaking. I want to bring you that audio. It is happening in the governor's office at this moment. For our future, help champion policies and people that will build a better Georgia. There's one thing I know for certain when it comes to making significant reforms, and that is this. We are better and stronger together. Today, 
I'm proud to announce that conservative businesswoman and political outsider Kelly Leffler will be Georgia's next Leffler. U.S. Senator. I've been saying Leffler. Leffler. Turn it down for the applause. It hurts my ear. This is happening right now in the state capitol. The governor just announcing Kelly Leffler, not Loeffler, Leffler, to be the U.S. Senator. Oh, and people are complaining. Boo-hoo. As many of you know, Kelly grew up on a family farm, growing soybeans and raising cattle, showing animals through 4-H like our girls did, learning about commodity pricing and futures literally on the countertop of her kitchen counter. Kelly has worked her way through high school, college, and graduate school. She began building a successful career and found her way to Georgia, where she met her husband, Jeff, and grew companies that have created jobs, economic opportunity, and prosperity here in Georgia and beyond. From the farm to the New York Stock Exchange, Kelly has really lived the American dream. And I'm confident that she will work every single day to keep that dream alive for our children, grandchildren, and for the generations of Georgians and Americans to come. Like Senator Perdue, Kelly is an outsider. Like Ivanka Trump, Kelly is smart, accomplished, and a savvy businesswoman. And like our president, Kelly is ready to take on the status quo, the politically correct, and the special interest. She knows that Washington is fundamentally broken. She knows that we need to drain the swamp. She knows that our, as our soon-to-be senior Senator David Perdue says, the road to socialism will not run through Georgia. <laughs> Kelly Leffler will stand with our president, Senator Perdue, and their allies in the House and Senate to keep America great. She will end this impeachment circus in Washington and get Congress back to working for the people of our country. She is a woman of faith and conviction who believes without a doubt that life begins conception. She will champion the pro-life cause in Washington and stop the radical left's abortion on demand agenda. Kelly wants to strengthen our immigration laws and finish the border wall so we can stop Mexican drug cartels from flooding our streets right here in Georgia with drugs. I, I'm, I'm going to pot down the governor here for a minute. I think it's very interesting and notable what he's doing here. Um, this is the governor sounding somewhat on defense, and I think understandably so. There are a lot of angry people. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, this is on the Facebook on Facebook Live. There are 286 people watching. I'm one of them feeding you this audio, and and there are some angry, angry people uh, on here in the comments attacking the governor. 
uh, th- that uh, sell out, uh, one and done, um, this is ridiculous, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and he's trying to make the case that Loeffler, though all of the Trump supporters do not like her, will be one of them. He's got to draw somewhat of a line here. One of the reasons he wants her is because she can relate to suburban voters and is not defined by Donald Trump. Uh, it, it just my gut reaction is he's going a little bit too far in defining her instead of letting her define herself, uh, assuring people he's made the right pick. And, and there is that's where the defense is here right now. And this is kind of my take as he's doing this happening live right now. The governor about to introduce Kelly Leffler and it's Leffler, according to him, not Loeffler, which is what I've been saying um, it, that essentially he wants people to know he isn't betraying the base as so many of them claim, which is why he's going overboard and saying uh, Leffler will do X, Y, and Z when she gets to We've the Senate. We've seen firsthand the impact of political outsiders like Donald Trump and David Perdue in Washington, D.C. It is time that we send them some reinforcements to keep America great. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming our next U.S. Senator, Kelly Leffler. Hot microphone, hot microphone. All right, she's going to take over and speak. All righty. He's got a who's who of the state's leadership there. The speaker's there. The attorney general's there. The lieutenant governor's there. Good morning. I want to start this morning by thanking. Oh, where'd the audio go? Come on, bring it back. Wow. In me. Thank you, Governor. Thank you. Thank you. I'd also like to thank Senator Isaacson for his years of service to our state and our nation. He's a true statesman for Georgia, and we keep him and his family in our thoughts and prayers. I know I have a lot of work to do to earn the trust and support of my fellow Georgians. So for starters, please allow me to introduce myself. My name is Kelly Leffler. I'm a devoted wife a proud patriot, and a devout Christian. I have lived the American dream, and I am blessed to stand here today, but it is a long way from where I came from. I grew up on a family farm, the fourth generation of corn and soybean farmers. I was shy, I had braces on my legs, on my teeth. We lived simply, life revolved around farming, church, school, and 4-H. There was a rhythm to our lives. We planted in the spring. I showed cattle at the county fair in the summers. And in the fall, we harvested. Sundays were for church and family. I attended public schools and helped pay my way through school, waiting tables. Hard work, faith, and family. This is not a political slogan. This is the foundation of everything I believe. I'm not a career politician or even someone who's run for office. I've spent the last 25 years building businesses, taking risks, and creating jobs. I haven't spent my life trying to get to Washington. So here's what folks are going to find out about me. I'm a lifelong conservative, pro-Second Amendment, 
pro-Trump, pro-military, and pro-wall. I make. <laughs> I make no apologies for my conservative values, and I look forward to supporting President Trump's conservative judges. I am strongly pro-life. The abortion on-demand agenda is immoral. In the Senate, I look forward to supporting S-160, Senator Lindsey Graham's 20-week abortion ban. I'm raising and lowering the volume. The clapping drives me crazy. It's so close to the microphone. And when it comes to protecting innocent life, I look to God because every life is a blessing. In Washington, I will work with President Trump to continue the incredible economic progress our nation has seen. Because of our president's policies, we're growing our economy and jobs at a record pace. Every day, new jobs are created for working moms and dads, for young graduates, and for that waitress just looking for a chance. I've been called soft-spoken, but I've also been called a lot worse. <laughs> in, Congress, <laughs> in Congress, I may not be the loudest voice in the room, but you don't have to be shrill to be tough. And when it comes to fighting for Georgia, I will never back down. No one will fight harder for our state, for our nation, for our president, and for our conservative values. Because here's the thing, Contrary to what you might see in the media, not every strong American woman is a liberal. Many of us are conservatives and proud of it. With all of the important things to be done in Washington and here at home in Georgia, I am angered by the impeachment circus. I oppose it. It's a distraction and a sideshow. Just imagine what could be done if Democrats would stop fighting President Trump and playing politics and start working together. Think what could be done for hardworking families, creating jobs, expanding access to health care, keeping America safe and strong. Make no mistake, Washington Democrats want to overturn much more than an election. They want to overturn our way of life because they resent America's success. They can't tell you how much their socialist ideas will cost. They don't care how many jobs will be destroyed. And they can't even agree that they want to protect our borders. The only thing they agree on is that they hate Donald Trump. Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, that whole socialist gang in Washington They've taken over the Democrat Party, and they will not stop until America bends to their every demand and everything that has made our country great is destroyed. This is the fight of our generation, and this is why I am here. I'm Kelly Leffler. This is who I am. This is what I believe. As an outsider to Washington, I know I have to prove it.
to earn your trust and your support through my votes, through my priorities, and my actions. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. Thank you. May God bless Georgia, and may God bless America. That's, let's see, is there anyone, uh, did they cut the feed? Maybe. That's Kelly Loeffler, Leffler now, Leffler, not Loeffler, Kelly Leffler, that's her live announcement. She is in the governor's Georgia, office. And may God oh, here bless we America. Go. Yeah, the feed, I think, is, is that was the end of it. Um, they have... Let's see. Is anybody else going to say anything in this? Uh, this is the, yep. The looks like the, the feed is over. They are winding down the governor of the state of Georgia now exiting with Kelly Leffler. Um, she has given her speech. Uh, I'm Kelly Leffler and it's Leffler, not Loeffler. Uh, this is who I am. This is what I believe as an outsider to Washington. I know I will have to prove it to earn your confidence and support with my votes, my priorities and my actions. She says she is pro-life. Uh, she will. She believes the abortion-on-demand culture is wrong, and she will support the measure pending in the Senate uh, to curtail abortion and impose a 20-week abortion ban in the country. Uh, she says she will work with President Trump to continue, quote, the incredible economic progress our nation has seen because of the president's policies. We are growing our economy and jobs at a record pace. Every day, new jobs are created for working moms and dads, young graduates, or a waitress just looking for a chance in Congress. I may not be the loudest voice in the room, but you don't have to be shrill to be tough. And when it comes to fighting for Georgia, I will never back down. Uh, that is Kelly Leffler. Uh, Brian Kemp adding she'll stand on immigration. She will fight with the president. She will support his agenda. She will oppose uh, the uh, impeachment effort. Uh, that she's pro-life. She is a Christian, calls herself a devout Christian, grew up on a farm. Uh, she introduced herself by saying, uh, I grew up on our family farm, the fourth generation of corn and soybean farmers. I was shy with braces on my legs and braces on my teeth. We lived simply. Life revolved around farming, church, school, and 4-H. There was a rhythm to our lives. We planted in the spring. In the summer, I showed cattle at the county fair. In the fall, we harvested. Every Sunday was for church and family. I attended public schools and helped pay my way through college waiting tables. Hard work, faith, and family, those are political slogans for me. They're a way of life and the foundation of everything I believe. There you have it. Uh, Kelly Loeffler, the next senator from the state of Georgia, whether you want her or not, uh, while on the Facebook Live feed, uh, there are a lot of angry people chiming in that, uh, that Brian Kemp had betrayed the voters of Georgia, had betrayed the um, had betrayed people, had stabbed voters in the back. He would be a one term governor. Here's the reality. Kelly Loeffler goes to Washington and she stands with the president, opposes impeachment and supports pro-life measures. All the people who are outraged today will be outraged in six months if anyone dares question Kelly Loeffler. That's the way politics works these days. Well, there we have it, folks. Uh, Kelly Leffler, Leffler. She is going to be Georgia's next senator uh, appointed. She's the senator designate. I think is the appropriate uh, official title. She is the uh, she's Brian Kemp's pick to replace Johnny Isaacson in the Senate. Isaacson spoke on the floor of the Senate yesterday, uh, focused on bipartisanship. Uh, Isaacson very big on bipartisanship, and uh, the governor today essentially uh, introducing Kelly Leffler as someone who would stand with the president against the Democrats. Uh, Leffler herself uh, called herself a pro-life, a devout Christian. 
uh, worked on a farm, was raised on a farm, had braces on her legs and her teeth growing up. Now she is a uh, self-made businesswoman, although Elizabeth Warren would beg to, to differ on the idea of, of anyone being self-made. Uh, I, I'm, this is, this is interesting to me, this rollout and the reaction from the base. It's a very split reaction from the conservative base in Georgia over Leffler. A lot of very vocal, angry people who wanted Doug Collins, uh, in large part because they believe that's what the president wants. And we're in cult personality days. Uh, I, I gotta tell you, I, I don't think Doug Collins, had a shot the moment uh, his supporters went to work for him to essentially demand it would be him. There was, I'm told behind the scenes, I, and I, I'm, I, I've, I've spent enough time now talking to some of the folks behind the scenes that there was consideration of Doug Collins. But when it became clear that they were going to be very uh, that that supporters of Collins were going to be open and aggressive about it, that that turned off the governor and it turned off the governor for a number of reasons. One and most importantly, actually, the governor has spent the last year working very hard to make sure people know he's his own man. Uh, he has been cast by the Democrats all along as just a flunky for the president doing the president's agenda. And he's worked very hard this past year to show he's his own man with his own ideas. Uh, and while he supports the president, he's not the president's guy. And to be bullied into putting Doug Collins into a position would, one, set a precedent that he could be bullied, and two, would uh, reconvey to people that he's not his own man, he just does the president's bidding, and he didn't want that. So it was it was a, a dangerous gamble and ultimately a losing gamble for the uh, Doug Collins folks to rush out there and say that he would be the guy. Uh, and that forced the Kemp administration into a decision to find someone else. There were several people on the short list they looked at uh, and ultimately decided they wanted someone who could make a play for suburban voters, particularly suburban women who have consistently in the past voted Republican, but with Donald Trump in office have uh, veered towards the Democrats or have just sat it out. They want someone who can mobilize women in the suburbs to come back and vote for Republicans. And they decided someone like Loeffler, given, given her background and her resume, uh, poor family, grew up on a farm in 4-H, uh, regular churchgoer who grew up, became a successful businesswoman, put herself through college by waiting tables, and, and now owns the New York Stock Exchange, that uh, she would be someone who could get conservative uh, women who don't like the president in the suburbs. Now, there are a lot of conservative activist women who hate this idea and are mad at the governor. Uh, I'm getting actually some text messages even right now while I'm on air from people who thought she came across as, as robotic in her delivery. She's new. She hadn't done this before. She'll get comfortable. She's going to have time uh, in Washington to get ready and to fire up uh, a campaign movement for herself. I think that will work well for her over time. Um, it's going to be interesting to watch this rollout happen in real time as she takes her Senate seat after January 1st. We'll be back with more and get your thoughts as well. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. Uh, I have put up at theresurgent.com if you want to see them for yourself. Uh, the opening remarks from Senator-designate Kelly Loeffler. 
Uh, I've been saying, I'm going to have to get out of this habit now. Uh, I've been saying Loeffler, but it is pronounced Leffler. And uh, she made her remarks uh, about 15, 20 minutes ago. I have gotten the prepared remarks. I have posted them now uh, to the resurgent. Go to the resurgent.com. Uh, they're at the top of the page. Uh, and meanwhile, happening concurrent to all of this, we have the impeachment inquiry in the House Judiciary Committee. Uh, we'll fire up some of this. Uh, the Democrats, you should know, only invited their own uh, constitutional experts, not any of the ones Republicans wanted. Carl Montgomery, professor of public interest law and the co-director of the Supreme Court Litigation Clinic at Stanford Law School. She is the co-author of several leading case books, including a monograph entitled Keeping Faith with the Constitution and dozens of scholarly articles. She served as a law clerk to Justice Harry Blackburn of the United States Supreme Court and as a Deputy Assistant Attorney General in the Civil Rights Division of the United States Department of Justice. Yeah, 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 okay. Uh, we'll, we'll go back to this if they say anything good. Uh, what, was, what was really good and what really got fired people up is uh, Congressman Doug Collins, who, again... Uh, this is another reason why the governor didn't want to pick Doug Collins because Doug Collins is right where we need him to be. Some of his opening remarks before the House Judiciary Committee. This is sad. So what do we have here today? You know what I'm thinking? I looked at this and what is interesting is there's two things that have become very clear. This impeachment is not really about facts. If it was, I believe the other committees would have sent over recommendations for impeachment. Now they're putting it on this committee because if it goes badly, I guess they want to blame Adam Schiff's committee and the HIPC and others want to blame this committee for it going bad. Um, but they're already drafting articles. Don't be even fooled. They're already getting ready for this. We've already went after this with the Ukraine after numerous failings of Mueller, Cohen, annulments, the list goes, emoluments, the list goes on. But the American people are obviously failing to see us legislate. But if you want to know what's really driving this, there's two things. It's called the clock and the calendar. The clock and the calendar. Most people in life, if you want to know what they truly value, you look at their, you look at their uh, checkbook and their calendar. You know what they value. That's what this committee values. Time. They want to do it before the end of the year. Why? Because the chairman said it just a second ago. Because we're scared of the elections next year. We're scared of the elections that we'll lose again. So we've got to do this now. The clock and the calendar are what's driving impeachment, not the facts. When we understand this, that's what the witnesses here will say today. What do we have here today? What is really interesting over the today? That was Doug Collins uh, speaking just a short time ago. We've got a, a bunch of Democratic witnesses. The Republicans have just put out a video of these Democrats uh, who are going to be testifying today. They're constitutional scholars, according to Jerry Nadler. Uh, the, the Trump campaign has just put out this video. Meet the Democrats, new impeachment witnesses. I was at the University of Pennsylvania Law School yesterday where I teach a class and my class is still in therapy. I'm a registered Democrat and have been, have been my whole life. There are other bad things in the world to fear, including, of course, Jefferson Beauregard Sessions III and ICE agents who are out of control. On the Republican side, it's largely not fact-based. There are all kinds of things that the president has done thus far that already, I think, would reach that, reach that level most likely. Even if as a progressive you would believe, as I do, that I should be paying higher taxes. Noah, you do urge Congress to start thinking clearly about uh, the power of impeachment if President Trump does indeed invoke emergency powers after this tonight. The courts block you, and then eventually Congress sets out to impeach you. 
Basically, uh, point being, these are progressive Democratic activists who have long wanted to impeach the president of the United States. Uh, and, it, I mean, they, they, they very much look like they are um, poindexter academic Democratic progressives. Uh, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll get into, to, we'll spend a little more time on this, but we got other stuff we got to talk about as well uh, after the Loeffler situation and, and the ongoing fall, fallout and whatnot. But I, I, I want to spend just a moment. If you'll, if you'll allow, uh, I, I got a couple of Georgia related things I want to talk about. One of which is a, a brief defense of Chick-fil-A. And I meant to do this the other day, and then we hit Thanksgiving and all, but Chick-fil-A, I've been critical of them and how they've handled the Salvation Army situation. I I think they did a bad job, and it suggests that there are people within Chick-fil-A who do believe the left-wing attacks uh, on the Salvation Army. By the way, uh, Pete Buttigieg is under attack for being homophobic. Uh, yeah, um, (laughs) Pete Buttigieg, the gay mayor of South Bend, Indiana, is being attacked by left-wing groups because he had the audacity to put on a Salvation Army apron and ring the bell to collect donations to feed the homeless. They, they really are out to get the Salvation Army, which is incredible. And I think the I think Chick Fil A handled this situation terribly. Uh, I think that it, they have essentially affirmed through their silence uh, the left wing attack on the Salvation Army. Uh, Chick Fil A has the right to spend money however they want. Chick Fil A has the right to to do whatever they want. Uh, Chick-fil-A has the right to give money or not give money, and no one is entitled to Chick-fil-A's money. And I think we got to lay that on the table. There are some people who just think that once they start giving to a nonprofit, they can't give to any other nonprofit. I think that's wrong. Uh, but I think they should have handled the communication of this differently. But I need to defend Chick-fil-A on something. Uh, they're being attacked for giving money to the Southern Poverty Law Center in 2017. Interestingly enough, it was 2017. It's just come out. But I need to put this in proper context for you because I think this is an unfair attack on, on Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A has its foundation. It has board members of its foundation. And at the end of each year, the members of Chick-fil-A's foundation, the board members, are given a, a small pool of money that they themselves can designate to any organization they wish to give money to. And one of the outgoing members of the board of the Chick-fil-A Foundation, himself or herself, I forget which one it was, uh, designated the money to um, the Southern Poverty Law Center. They shouldn't have done it, but they were allowed to do it, and they were on the board. They had the privilege and the right to do it, and it's not Chick-fil-A's fault. Uh, they waited until they were leaving the board and they did something like this. And I think it was wrong. And, and the reason I think it was wrong is we need to step back a little bit in history. There was a man, some of you know, his name is Floyd Lee Corkins. Floyd Lee Corkins went to the Southern Poverty Law Center's website and saw that the Family Research Council, an organization that I support, is considered an anti-gay organization by the Southern Poverty Law Center. And Floyd Lee Corkins bought a bunch of Chick-fil-A sandwiches for the Southern Poverty Law Center staff. 
He saw on the Southern Poverty Law Center site that it listed the Family Research Council as a anti-gay organization. And so he went out and he bought a pile of Chick-fil-A sandwiches for the employees of the Family Research Council. And his intent was to go to the Family Research Council and feed the employees of the Family Research Council Chick-fil-A sandwiches after he had murdered them. Floyd Lee Corkins went to FRC, and his intent was to shoot and kill the employees and stuff their faces with Chick-fil-A sandwiches. He did not make it past the guard. The guard was shot, but the guard was able to shoot Floyd Lee Corkins. He did not kill him. Floyd Lee Corkins is in jail. And we know what he did. We know uh, why he did it. We know he was inspired by the Southern Poverty Law Center. And the Southern Poverty Law Center has never apologized for it. The Southern Poverty Law Center was also one of the uh, websites that... Uh, was drawn that uh, uh, James Hodgkinson used to research who he should target, the man who attempted the mass assassination of Republican members of Congress. We know that the Southern Poverty Law Center was a site they used, and and so here comes a a Chick-fil-A donor well after the Floyd Lee Corkins incident who gives money to the Southern Poverty Law Center. I don't think it should have happened, but, 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 but this is the point that person, whoever it was, had the right to do it. Uh, that person, uh, had the, had the ability, the willingness, the right to be able to give this money. It was their, their right on the board of the Chick-fil-A foundation to do as they exited the board to designate money to a nonprofit that they wanted. And that's what they did. And I'm okay with that. Uh, I, I don't. I wouldn't have done it. Uh, the other members of the board didn't do it. This one person did it, but it wasn't Chick Fil A's fault. And I don't think Chick Fil A should be blown up for it. I don't think Chick Fil A. There are things I think Chick Fil A has done wrong in its handling of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes and its handling of the Salvation Army. This is not one of those things Chick Fil A did wrong. To the extent it was wrong, it was putting someone on the board of the foundation who would do this. Uh, but that person also voted to give money to the Salvation Army, as far as we know, and, and to support the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Maybe this was a person who voted no. I don't know what the votes were. Maybe this person regularly voted no and at the end of the tenure decided as a protest to do this. But uh, Chick-fil-A at the time was was doing good work, and Chick-fil-A still does good work. I had Chick-fil-A for breakfast this morning, full disclosure. I, I'm, I, I really hate boycott culture. You know, one of the things that I'm doing with this program, in addition to being uh, supported by listeners— is working with local advertisers around the state. And in fact, if you want to advertise on the show, we're, we're across the state now. Uh, we are, let's see, uh, Rome, Dalton, Jasper, uh, Clarksville, Athens, um, Vidalia, Valdosta. Um, where else are we? There are a number of other places down in South Georgia. we got another couple of stations, big stations coming on in middle and South Georgia. Uh, we're across the state of Georgia. Well, I'm hoping to be in Columbus and Savannah and Carrollton and Greensboro and Augusta. Uh, but we, we've got a dozen stations now. We've got more coming. Quitman's in there. Uh, Bainbridge, I believe, is coming. Uh, and uh, Waycross and Brunswick. And we're growing. And there are a lot of businesses 
in the state that want to have a statewide presence, not just a local presence. And I, I'm hoping to get support from those as opposed to some of the national brands that you hear advertising. Now, I, 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 I'm an Omaha Steaks endorser. I love me some Omaha Steaks. In fact, if you go to omahasteaks.com right now and put my first name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K, in the search bar, you can get a fantastic deal on bacon wrap filet mignons for uh, Christmas. It's a great deal. But, you know, I used to advertise for Harry's Razors, uh, and I use Harry's Razors. In, in fact, I, I'm, I I advertise for Harry's Razors because I was a customer of Harry's Razors. I don't like to advertise for anyone in, unless I know them, particularly these national brands. But I've used Harry's Razors for years. I, if you're watching me in the, in the live camera today, I, I didn't shave. I didn't jump in the shower until like 845 this morning. I was rushing. I was distracted by all the Leffler stuff. But Harry's Razors canceled the ads because left-wing groups protested and said that, that I was I was not a, a good person to advertise for them. Uh, and it, there's a lot of left-wing pressure out there. And, and one of the things we decided to do with advertising for the show was to go with local businesses in Georgia. And as we pick them up, uh, to let them know that you're going to come under harassment. You're, you're going to be harassed. You're, you're going to get left-wing activists who come after you for advertising with me, and many of them will be people who tell you that they're residents of Georgia, and they're not. Uh, there are paid operations that do that, and, and you get a bunch of harassment. And that's that's one reason we're going slow with ads and, and building relationships with local people. If, if you want to advertise, let us know. Happy to run your ads here across the state of Georgia, not just on, on a local one local station, but across the state. But harassment of advertisers of conservative radios and conservative outlets uh, happens. And it's been happening a lot to Chick-fil-A, and it looks like Chick-fil-A is tired of it. They want to grow their business further, and they're, they're caving into the pressure, and it's not going to matter unless they go full progressive, and maybe they will. I, I doubt they will. Uh, I, I think very highly of Dan Cathy and his family, and I, I think he understands what's going on here. I think Chick-fil-A handled the Salvation Army situation poorly, and I've expressed it. But I also think that this boycott culture on the right, um, I, and I understand there are a lot of people who say, well, the left does it, we should do it too. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm not willing to, to boy, I, I don't have enough time in the day to keep up with who I should boycott. Do you know on the left now, they actually have an app where you can put in a product in the grocery store or a business and find out whether or not you should boycott them. Do they give enough money to Planned Parenthood or should you avoid them? Uh, it, seriously, there is an app for that. It is a religious thing for the left these days uh, to the extent that they have developed an app where you can determine from your app whether an organization or a product or the company behind a product are worth supporting because they're progressive enough. I don't have enough time in the day for that. All I know is I like Chick-fil-A, so I'm going to go eat there. Uh, even if I disagree with something they've done, I'm not going to go boycott them. I'm not going to go boycott any other company out there that I can think of unless they're truly offensive to me in some way. And I can't think off the head. I think they're probably like my wife doesn't like to go shop at Dick's anymore because they they funded so much anti uh, Second Amendment advocacy work when they decided to stop selling guns. They wanted others to have to stop. But life's just too short for me to worry about too much of that stuff. And you, too. Life's too short, too complicated to worry about all that. OK, uh, my buddy Brent is he's calling me out. Um, if he were in front of me, I would give him a nice pat on his shoulder. Uh, 
<laughs> he had shoulder shoulder surgery. Uh, he, he says, uh, "Here I I'm the guy who's been bad mouthing Chick Fil A's drive." I gotta tell you, uh, I I hate the Chick Fil A drive through. Uh, while, while I will go to Chick Fil A, I even went through the Chick Fil A drive through today. Do you know why? Because I have the Chick Fil A app, and the Chick Fil A is right outside my neighborhood. And I figured out on a school day. If I can go between 7.40 and 8 a.m., there is no one in the drive-thru line on a weekday. Now, if I were to go between 7.40 and 8 a.m. on on a weekend, on on a Saturday, uh, the line would be down the street at the Chick-fil-A drive-thru. It is the slowest drive-thru in America. And apparently there are some Chick-fil-A drive-thrus that actually have angels from heaven there assuring an efficient process, but not at my Chick-fil-A. At my Chick-fil-A, it's one of those double lanes until you funnel in to get to, and you can't get out. And so you got to sit there. I have sat in the Chick-fil-A drive through line for more than 15 minutes. Try not to get my blood pressure up. It's like purgatory. And, and I, I believe the Kathy family are a bunch of Baptists, but they clearly believe in purgatory. And they want you to experience it in the line at Chick-fil-A while you're waiting for 10 or 15 minutes in the drive-thru for the idiot in front of you who's so busy texting that he can't see that the car in front of him has moved up and you got to wait or do you honk your horn and do you look like that guy and you're right there by the windows of the restaurant and everybody's going to stare at the jerk who honked his horn at the idiot who was texting and didn't see there's nobody in front of him anymore. And even the girl is hanging her hand and head out of the window waving to try to get his attention to getting to pull up but he's too busy texting and you know you're thinking but that's his fault it's not their fault no but the reason he's there texting is because he's already sat in the line for 10 freaking minutes waiting for a chicken biscuit y'all and i disagree that the peppermint chocolate chip shake is worth waiting 15 minutes now if they had the chick-fil-a brownie again this is my this is really this is really why i'm mad at chick-fil-a I loved the brownie. I loved that Chick-fil-A brownie with the walnuts on top and the fudgy icing. And they got rid of it for that chocolate chip cookie. And the cookie's fine. I like the cookie just fine. But it's not the brownie. It is not the brownie. And I would love for the brownie to come back. And in fact, you know, I, I, I've got Dan Cathy's cell phone. And I have really had to restrain myself from texting him about the brownie. I, I've been really tempted to, to demand the brownie come back. But they won't do it. And in the meantime, I got to wait in the Chick-fil-A drive-thru. I, I did not intend to go on a, on a tirade about the Chick-fil-A. Brent, it, it is all his fault. He has shaped the show today. You can blame him. I will give you all his, his email address and you can complain. We've got to move on to other things. When we come back, can we talk about the Republicans in Congress who I'm not sure what they stand for anymore other than flinging poo at people who criticize them? Uh, it's really gotten my hackles up. Some of the attacks on, on not just Brian Kemp, but, uh, conservatives who are actually putting forward good ideas to advance the country. Um, you you got a bunch of, I mean, monkeys flinging poo in Congress on both sides. Now, neither party has ideas anymore. Neither side has ideas. I mean, what the heck are we doing as a country when everybody's just protecting the precious, uh, and the precious is in their cult of personality when there are real ideas that really matter that shape the future of the country and nobody wants to discuss them. We should discuss those ideas when we come back. 
I was reminded again over the weekend how ingenious Quip's design is. I'm talking about the electric toothbrush. Uh, it vibrates every 30 seconds. It pulses. So, you know, to change it around in your mouth, you get a very even brushing. Listen, I've been using the Quip for uh, three years now, maybe. Or so. I'm on my second one, actually. I accidentally broke my first one. Uh, my fault, not their fault. Uh, in any event, they sent me a new one. And uh, over the weekend, I, I guess I left it running or... I don't know. The battery died. I'm assuming it just kept getting turned on in my bag as I was traveling. And but man, you just you slide the top of it off, and it's just a single AAA battery. And and the battery lasts for months. And you get a new brush head every three months. And with it, they send you a new AAA battery. And if you're a responsible person, unlike me, your battery lasts, and you don't have to worry about it. But it's it's such a great design. And every time I go to the dentist and the orthodontist, I think I'm bleaching my teeth, which I'm not doing. I'm just getting a really good, even brushing of my teeth with my Quip electric toothbrush you can too and every three months you can get a new brush head for just five bucks you even get your first one for free if you go to getquip.com slash erickson right now you'll get your first brush head refill pack for free it's a great deal quip is great you can leave it as a stocking stuffer even for someone else and you get your first refill free at getquip.com slash erickson that's g-e-t-q-u-i-p.com slash erickson quip the Good Habits Company, get into a good habit of brushing your teeth. I was reminded again over the weekend how ingenious Quip's design is. I'm talking about the electric toothbrush. Uh, it vibrates every 30 seconds. It pulses. So, you know, to change it around in your mouth, you get a very even brushing. Listen, I've been using the Quip for uh, three years now, maybe. Or so. I'm on my second one, actually. I accidentally broke my first one. Uh, my fault, not their fault. Uh, in any event, they sent me a new one. And uh, over the weekend... I, I guess I left it running or I don't know. The battery died. I'm assuming it just kept getting turned on in my bag as I was traveling. And But man, you just you slide the top of it off and it's just a single AAA battery. And, and the battery lasts for months and you get a new brush head every three months. And with it, they send you a new AAA battery. And if you're a responsible person, unlike me, your battery lasts and you don't have to worry about it. But it's, it's such a great design. And every time I go to the dentist and the orthodontist, I think I'm bleaching my teeth, which I'm not doing. I'm just getting a really good, even brushing of my teeth with my Quip electric toothbrush. You can too. And every three months, you can get a new brush head for just five bucks. You even get your first one for free. If you go to getquip.com slash Erickson right now, you'll get your first brush head refill pack for free. It's a great deal. Quip is great. You can leave it as a stocking stuffer even for someone else. And you get your first refill free at getquip.com slash Erickson. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Erickson. Quip, the good habits company. Get into a good habit of brushing your teeth.